0: My focus tonight is, is going to be on uh, for living, living by the Holy Spirit uh, and to s- kind of share with you uh, about what the Holy Spirit does, what I believe the Holy Spirit, why was He given to us and um, what, does he, what is His role in our lives and what is God's expectation for us. Um, Having this great, uh, phenomenal gift that God has blessed us with, uh, so if you if you have your worksheets, you can um, uh, I'll make reference to that. Uh, uh, so, by way of introduction, though, I just want to say that um, I say, what would we have, what would we do without the Holy Spirit? Uh, you know, I mean, I think if we didn't have the Holy Spirit, we would be like empty shells, right? Um, we, we uh, Satan would just run over us like a Mack truck every time, every moment but praise God praise God that Jesus in John 15 he began to share with the disciples that he was leaving and he said I'm not going to leave you comfortless I'm not going to leave you I don't even think that they even were paying attention so much because if you've got Jesus beside you every day of your life, I mean in the physical, in the natural, then you're gonna think oh, this, is, this is life. This is, this is the, the greatest life there could be. And so when Jesus began to break that to them, they, uh, I don't believe they had a, really a good grasp that it was, a re, it was going to be a reality. So um, they weren't really truly prepared but he kept emphasizing it. I'm not going to be with you all the time. I'm going to leave you. And uh, But I will not leave you comfortless. Praise God. I'm so excited about that. Uh, that today, that, all, that, that God has not left us just with salvation and that's it. You're good and that's it. But he has given us his Holy Spirit. And so, uh, and so that we can become everything that he expects us to be in Christ. Let me say that again. So that we can become Everything that God the Father expects us to be through His Son Jesus Christ. So the first uh, point uh, on your uh, sheet will say, I and the Father are, and it's one, because this is what Jesus uh, kept telling uh, His disciples and also the teachers in Israel that. He was in the Father, and the Father was in him, and therefore he and the Father are one. And this is very critical to understanding the Holy Spirit. And the reason why is because as we go a little deeper, we will see that there is reference to the Spirit of Jesus and the Spirit of the Father. So is there two spirits, or is there one Holy Spirit? I know we, we we don't we don't ever want to dive into things like those because they kind of we feel like they threaten our, our theology, It threatens how how we believe and how we see things. But the apostles weren't afraid of that. They understood that Jesus and the Father are one in John ten thirty, uh, and that's that's really the, the, the verse in itself. And therefore, we're talking about one spirit, the spirit of the Son is the Spirit of the Father. So if we move to number two, you can write that down. He is the Spirit of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 8, 9, and let's read. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, speaking to the church at Rome, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not listen now, see in the yellow, if, the spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, then you're not in the realm of the flesh. Well, look at what he says next. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Right. He's not speaking about two different spirits. He's speaking about the very same one and the, the same Spirit. The same Spirit that Jesus promised in John, in John 15, uh, 26 to the end, and into chapter 16, where he says, I'm going to, when I return to the Father, I'm going to send him to you. Uh, And so, and uh, he's coming from the Father, but he's going to be my representative. He's going to take what belongs to me, as a matter of fact, and give it to you. That's awesome, right? All right, so, um, and then um, the next reference I have there is, supporting reference is 2 Corinthians 3.18. Now, this is powerful. And if we all, and the Apostle Paul, let me just uh, qualify this quickly. The Apostle Paul here is making reference uh, to the Israelites uh, when they were in the wilderness. And Moses went up to, and God calls him up to Mount Sinai. And then then he is in the presence of the Lord. And then he comes back and he has a glory, a glow on him. That the, the, the Israelites, they didn't want to look on his face. So he put a veil over his face. And so, uh, the Apostle Paul is, making, uh, is alluding to that by saying, whenever the, the law is read, a veil is still over the face of Israel. Why? Because they, they will not receive, the veil cannot be removed because it can only be removed in Christ, right? And so, he makes a, a statement here, and we all who with unveiled, in other words, all those who belong to Christ, we do not have a veil over our face. Praise God. Uh, and so we contemplate the Lord's glory. In other words, we're thinking about His glory. We're not worried about somebody. I don't have a glory over me that you're worried about. You know, uh, you know, you're afraid of me because I'm shining, right? Uh, there's a big light over me. I'm walking with a halo over my head. You're not worried about that because that the glory He's referring to is the glory of Christ. Right, we are. Look, we contemplate, we, we we think about it. The Lord's glory, and and so we are. But we are being transformed uh, into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Here again, the reference is that Jesus Himself is the Holy Spirit. So here we get Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, three in one, right? And they're co-equal in a sense. Uh, so. But it's, it's a beautiful passage, and I think you should read the whole chapter. It's really, really a beautiful passage because what it says to us is because Jesus is the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in us, Jesus is in us, and because Jesus is in us, his glory, we are being transformed, and it should happen every day as we draw closer to him, as we become more like him. Uh, that we become transformed uh, in who we are. We'll be changed, as the songwriter says, changed from glory into glory, till in heaven we take our place, right? Till we cast our crowns before Him, lost in wonder, love and praise. That's, what, that's our aim. Our aim is one day to be in His glory, right? Praise God. Okay, number three. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can write that in, and of course uh, we've got um, a couple of references here. Ephesians five eighteen, the apostle Paul says to be filled, uh, not to get drunk on wine, <laughs> which leads to debauchery. Which debauchery the there is actually uh, sensuality. The meaning of it in the Greek is sensuality. So we shouldn't be uh, so we shouldn't be drunk because people who get drunk, they have no control over what they do, right? So the tendency is that they go off and do things that they don't even remember what they do. So as believers, that's not what we should be doing. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit instead, not the spirit of wine, right? Um, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and so I feel like it's a... Uh, we, we, we know about what happened on the day of Pentecost um, in Acts 2, and we heard that thought before, that in, in verse, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says, don't leave Jerusalem, wait until the Holy Spirit comes on you with power. And then in, in chapter 2, verse 4, he tells them, you're going to be filled with the, they, as a matter of fact, they, no, they were, in chapter 2 is when the Holy Spirit came upon them, uh, with, clo- with like tongues, right, of fire, right, on each one. And the Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit began to indwell the believer at that point in time. And so now we, we don't have an a, a upper room experience generally when we come to Christ. But now we, we come to Christ and, he, and the Holy Spirit infills us and lives in us. And, and again, the, He does it because the, the Lord allows us to be filled with the Spirit so that we can become more like Him. Less of us and more of Christ. That's, what, that's why we have the Spirit. It's not so that we can gloat on miracles or speaking in tongues or or prophecy, which are generally the the, the things that we tend to hear a lot more of in the church and less of, am I becoming like Christ? Am I changing in who I I am? Are some things changing? My attitudes, my behaviors, you know, and um, uh, I had to, uh, for me, I had to get a hold of that. I feel like the Lord took me through a period in my late teens when that became a reality to me because uh, I wanted more. I felt like what I saw in church, I saw people uh, being saved but going back to living anyway. I sang with a quartet, a very, very good quartet um, those days, and um, uh, there's... Some guys in there with very good voices. They, they were very good. They were so good singers, I had to sing baritone. You know, I couldn't even get to sing my tenor. <laughs> you know? But still, um, they were really good. But one, one gentleman, um, one of them, um, he, uh, he was a lead tenor. And he, um, one of the other gentlemen who was the bass, he had stepped away from the Lord. He was going through a, a hard time. He stepped away from the Lord. He went back to drinking, something that the Lord delivered him from. The one who was 10, was his good friend, he decided that he's going to go out there and uh, try to bring him back. But what he did was he went out, and instead of trying to bring him back the way that, you know, you should encourage someone to come back to the Lord, he went out and started drinking with him. To think, okay, well, you know what, if I do what he's doing, that's going to help him to come back. It doesn't work that way, right? And the next thing you know, he got hooked. Got worse than the other guy. And so, that was it. So... And he was a young man who was used to preach. He used to preach um, on Youth Sunday and, and, and all that. And then he got, got away and coming back was very hard. Very hard. Never ever made his way fully back to the Lord. He would come in and out, go in and out of church. The other one was gone. So there was the quartet, right? <laughs> it happens. But anyway, uh, so what we have to be careful of not allowing is to be saved and to say we are saved and we are sanctified or we are clean, we have been made whole, we have been washed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are, we are different from who we were, we are new creations, so I'll jump into some of that later. But, and then to allow ourselves to drift back into the old life. The old man, the old person comes back and takes authority over us. And then the next thing you know, we are not no longer living by this. Spirit of the Lord, right? He's now become like second nature to us. All right. So number four is um, so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to do that. And the next part of that number four before I uh, oh well, let me see number three we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then number four says for the new creation in Christ to be manifested or displayed, the Holy Spirit must have full control. We must follow his lead. And that's very critical to our, to our, to our lives as believers, right? That we have to be, understand that uh, salvation is not just a word. It's a, it's, a, it's a new nature. It's something that has happened, a transaction that happens when you and I surrender our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I had to come into the, that realization um, uh, in my late teens... Uh, would have been love, I would have loved it was much earlier, but I had, to, I had kind of like that kind of a, an epiphany where the Lord had to convict me. And, and praise God for my mother, she's now, she's now with the Lord. But, you know, she looked at me once, the Sunday when I was going to get baptized, and she looked at me and she says, You're not saved. You're not saved. <laughs> Seriously. She just said, You're not saved. Look at how you're acting. Look at how you're behaving. And it challenged me. You know, I remember that Sunday morning, he challenged me, and I said, oh, Lord, I went to my room, and I knelt down, and I said, oh, God, forgive me. Uh, I, I, Jesus, please forgive me. I, I really love you. I want you to be Lord of my life, right? And I went on to, to being baptized on that Sunday morning, and something miraculous happened to me that Sunday morning. I believe that on that Sunday morning, I'm not telling you I spoke with tongues, like, you know, a big tongue talker, but... <laughs> But the Lord filled me with himself that morning, changed my life, changed my outlook as a young man, um, uh, and uh, gave me an assurance of his love. I believe that morning purpose entered my life, you know, and I became a different teen from the others, in all honesty. I became different. Somebody could look at me and say, you know what? He doesn't look like the way he used to be. He doesn't behave, but we expect him to do the same thing he did before, right? In in the old days, they used to give you 21 days. 21 days, and they're going to turn back. They're going to go back to being uh, the way they used to be. Well, praise God, I didn't, and I'm still here today. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. He was good to me and um, because I was willing to allow him to take full control for me i was not just going to settle for second corinthians 5 17 therefore if any man being christ is a new creation Old things have passed away or the old has gone and the new has come that was good i felt that i understood that but i wanted something else and i knew that the only way i was going to get it is if i was willing to say lord take my life and let it be consecrated lord to Thee." you know take my my life it is your own Make it your royal throne. Make me something, something different from what I saw um, in my friends, you know? So, and then also, too, uh, we must follow his lead. Matthew 4, 1 uh, tells us something very, very interesting, and I like it. It says, Jesus was, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. He, he did, Jesus didn't have to do that, Okay? But he did that in surrender to the Father's desire so that we, he would be able to teach us also that this is how we have to live. He surrendered his will to the Father's will. And unfortunately, a lot of times as believers, this is one of the the places where we fail because we are unwilling to surrender our will, our desire, our life, to the Father's will, the Holy Spirit, who lives in us, right? Uh, Because how does Jesus live in us? How does he live in us? Physically? He lives in us by his? Spirit. So we have to be careful to guard our lives, to watch over our lives, to make sure that we're not allowing things into our hearts that would prevent us from being willing to be led by the Spirit. Because the Bible also says those who are led by the Spirit of God, I believe that's in Romans 9, are the sons or the children of God, right? We have to be willing to be led by God. Jesus, as I said, he didn't have to do it, but he did it in submission to the Father's will, and so he, as an example to us, we also need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead our lives. And to stop trying to run things after we have said, yes, Jesus, take control. Amen. That's a big. That's a problem. That's a problem for us in the church as believers. We have, uh, we have um, sometimes uh, we do not lo- like to surrender. And it's true. Our flesh. This flesh man here, he doesn't want to surrender to God's will at all. So, if he doesn't want to surrender to God's will, that means that he doesn't want to surrender to the Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> it doesn't. It like wants to ante up to who? The devil. That, that, that's, what, that's what our flesh wants to do. Tell me, tell me when last your flesh says, let's pray. It's never going to do that because no, it doesn't want that. It wants the TV, it wants the cell phone, it wants uh, to, to 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 go shopping. It wants to go to the mall. It wants you know. It wants to do things that are uh, not in line, let's say, necessarily, with the Holy Spirit, right? And so we we have to be careful to 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 to, to make sure that we are being led. And, 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 and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us. In other words, if the Holy Spirit is going to lead us, then we have to learn how to listen Amen. to his voice. Amen. We have to cultivate a listening spirit. In other words, our spirit that God has placed inside of us, we have to cultivate it so that it knows when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and when the devil is trying to use our flesh, man, to speak to us. It's is, is, is critical. It, 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 I tell you what. It, it, that distinction will determine whether or not I'm going to grow up to maturity in Christ or I'm just going to have salvation and be a worldly person. Wow. That, that, that's, that's it right there. All right. So, but anyway, I, I got to move on. <laughs> so, number five, for the Holy Spirit to have full control over our lives, we must live in obedience to God's word. Amen. You know, Saul, uh, King Saul was very, um, um, was, was, uh, was anointed by Samuel the prophet to be king over Israel. God said, anoint him to be king over Israel, and then he was king. He did some good things, exploits, and then he began to take matters into his own hands and to begin to do things that he shouldn't do, right? And to disobey the Lord. And then a day came when the Lord said to Samuel, I have rejected him. Because he, he failed to do what I told him to do. He was supposed to go and wipe out the Amalekites, kill the king, wipe out everything, everybody, and he didn't do it. He saved the cattle. So, and then he lied about the saying, oh, it's the soldiers who wanted the cattle, so Samuel goes to him and say, Saul, I can't believe it, really. I'm just, this is in my words. I can't believe it. You have disobeyed the Lord. Don't you know it is better to obey than to sacrifice? And then Samuel says, hey, bring all of the camp. Bring everything. Samuel took them out, took out the king and everything. And then the Lord said, I'm done with him. I'm raising up a new man who will follow my ways, King David, right? And then the Lord sends Samuel to David's family. And, of course, you know the story. 1 Samuel 16. Go read awesome uh, story. And, and Samuel, uh, Samuel anoints David. He anoints David, and something tremendous happens to David. The moment he anoints David, the Bible says, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. Came upon him in power. And then a couple verses down, later on, it says, because the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and the Lord sent an evil spirit to torment him. So much that when David, and I'm running through this here quickly here, and I'll move on. So much that when David, you know David sinned with Bathsheba, right? He committed adultery with her. And then um, uh, the prophet Nathan came to him and said, hey, you're the guilty party. You, you, you did that. And David recognized the error of his way, that he sinned, and he went down in sackcloth and ash and began to repent. And then uh, we, got, we get Psalm 51, verse 11, right? And we sing the song of it. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, right? Cast me not away from your presence, O God, and take not your Holy Spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation, right? Because David understood what happened to Saul that God took the spirit from him and then a tormenting spirit came upon him and David's thinking rationally oh my if I don't repent if I if I stay in the same place like Saul did then maybe the Lord's gonna take his spirit from me and I'm gonna be tormented I'm not gonna allow myself to be tormented right that's kind of like how we should be right the Lord's not gonna take his spirit from us but there's things there's some things that happen in the New Testament that are a little bit different from the Old Testament. Uh, and we'll get into that as, as I move forward here. Uh, so, uh, I'm not going to try to go ahead of myself. Um, all right. So, number five, uh, for the Holy Spirit to have full control, we must live in obedience, not be like Saul. Or, or people who we know in church, people who say they are saved, but they don't live in obedience to the Word of God. They just go off and do their own thing. And then they think that they know more than the, the Holy Spirit Who's speaking to them all the time trying to help them to keep them in line with God's word but they go off and do their own thing right and then their life they live in disrepute because their life fall apart that's what happens when we disobey right and we we begin to live life as we please and not as ordered by the, the word of God So, next thing, six, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the Father and the Son. Therefore, his presence in us is to mold us into the image and likeness or into the character of the Father and of the Son. That's beautiful. Um, This word mold is very important because what it says is uh, the Holy Spirit's job is to make us like Jesus. To transform us from the old us into the new us in Christ. Not the new us in us. The new us in Christ. That's why we're new creations. Because the old us must die. The old us cannot live and, us, and be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. It doesn't work that way. There's always going to be a conflict, right? So we have to... Uh, Face the fact and allow our lives to be molded or transformed. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.18 also talks about uh, us being transformed. Um, I think we had that up there before. And then um, in Galatians 4.19, it also tells us that we should... This is a beautiful verse, and I I don't want to just read it for you. Uh, It's just so, so wonderful. Um, the Apostle Paul, uh, writing to again the believers in in in, in the, at the church in Galatia, says unto them, "My dear children, verse 19, Galatians 4:19, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you." I mean, think about that. He's going through. He's doing everything. He says, "I fought with men in Ephesus like beast. I I do everything I can to get you, the church." To allow Jesus to be formed in you. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, and we, we, we uh, yes, sometimes our, we allow our flesh to wrestle against the Spirit. And it's not, a, it's not a good thing because a lot of times the voice of our flesh, man, is louder than the voice of the Spirit. And so we go off obeying the old man as opposed to obeying the Holy Spirit. Right. This, 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 uh, I left work half a day today because I wanted to, spend some, to get some rest before I came here tonight. And so I got home uh, and I told a couple of the kids that I was going to go take a nap. And so I went up to take a nap. And when I, I laid down, the moment I laid down, I began to cough. And I couldn't understand why I had this, this, this cough. It was just so hard on me. And I'm thinking, okay, alright, so I have some Benadryl on my nightstand. Say, let, me, let me take a little Benadryl. Maybe it will help my throat. So I, I did that. Oh, that's nice music. <laughs> and so it didn't work. I just started coughing. And I mean, it was like really hard. And I said, ah, well, I'll get over this. Let I me mean, if I just fall if I just get to start sleeping, it'll be gone. But no, I started coughing and I was like, oh, on, the, on, on my bed. And I'm like, where did this come from? And I felt like Inside of me, because for me, this is how the Holy Spirit deals with me. He generally either calls me by name, you've got to know how the Holy Spirit deals with you. He either calls me by name, say Ray, such and such, or he just gives a command, do this. And so it was, get up, get up. And I got up right away because I understood. I got up and I went to the bathroom. <laughs> And I had I my hand on the counter and I said, what in the world? I said, Lord, what is this? And the Spirit of the Lord said, you need to rebuke it. You need to right now take authority over it. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this, this, uh, this uh, attack from the enemy. Yes. Because I am said, Satan, you don't want me. You know what's going to happen tonight. You know people are going to be encouraged uh, to, to serve God. You don't want that to happen. But you're not going to stop me. I said, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm a man of power. That's what I was praying. I was saying, Lord, you have baptized me with the Holy Spirit. I, am, I have power in me. Satan, you have no authority over me. And something I learned, too, is that you know Jesus. When Jesus had his, um, uh, the, the temptations in the wilderness, do you know the very thing that Jesus used against the enemy was the word of God? He didn't do a miracle he just used the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. You know, uh, uh, you know, God is God, and he is the one you should serve. And so Jesus used the word, and that was really what Jesus was doing. It was teaching us as believers how to deal with the enemy. When he comes against us, the Bible says, When he comes against us like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Well, the standard that God's going to raise up against him is going to be uh, the standard of his word. You being able to say, say in the name of Jesus, Satan, you have no power over me. You know, I take authority over you. The word of God says this. And so that's how we ought to live. But you're not going to get there if you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to have full control and to be able to teach you and you're willing to learn. All right, so let's move on. Uh, So, his his job is to mold us into the image of the Father and of the Son and to transform us, and as we just read, so that we are formed. uh, Christ is formed in us through obedience, through sacrifice, making time, spending time with the Lord, reading His Word, praying, and so that we can uh, be changed to become more like him so that Christ is displayed in us in how we live. Do you know that? People need to be able to see Christ in you, Christ in us, being displayed in us. So what does the Holy Spirit do in us? First, he convicts us of sin. John sixteen eight. Jesus says when he comes, he is going to convict the world or reprove the world of sin. So every person who gets saved They get saved because they've heard the word of God, either through preaching, teaching, through a song, through somebody's encouragement, testimony, through a radio broadcast, television broadcast. Some way they've heard the word of God. Some people through dreams, but they've heard the word of God. And when the word of God comes, the first thing it does is to convict us that we are sinful. That we are sinful and we need a savior. We're sinful and we're going to hell because that's the penalty and the judgment for our sin. But Jesus, praise God, paid it all. All to him we owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. And so the moment you receive Jesus into your heart and you acknowledge him, uh, Romans 10, 10, 10, 11, then you get saved and we become new people. So he convicts of sin. Second thing is, uh, again in chapter 16 of John, St. John, he is God's truth and therefore impresses God's truth in us. And Jesus gives us a, a little a, a precursor to that uh, in, in John 14, 6, where Jesus made this declaration that no one else can ever make. I am the way to the Father. I am the truth, the only truth. I am the life. No one can come to the Father except me. So the Holy Spirit is God's truth because he's Jesus speaking to us, right? Amen. And, he, and, and he, he speaks truth from God's word into our hearts. And it's incumbent on us to believe him as God's truth and to believe what he's telling us, what he's sharing with us about God. And it will bless us. It will, <laughs> we will learn critical we must learn how to hear the Holy Spirit for ourselves I can tell you something that the Lord may have told me about you but it would be better for you to be able to confirm it because you also are hearing from the Holy Spirit so it's a training that must take place ask the Lord ask him you're filled with his spirit ask him Lord speak to me let me know it's you speaking uh, let, me, uh, let me know your voice different from all the other voices around me, all the other sounds around me. Let me be able to di- differentiate your voice. Uh, and, and so, third, he, he speaks and he tells us what the Father and the Son wants us to know. Again, very important. For The reason why we have the Bible today is because they were, as the Apostle Peter says, uh, holy men of God. They were moved or carried along by the Spirit. And they wrote what the Holy Spirit told them to write. Right? So, this is God's truth. So, the Holy Spirit speaks. And He will speak to you. He will speak to you if, if you allow Him. And He will even tell you things to come. Future things. The Lord does this because He loves us. For example, all the prophecies we have about the, uh, in the Bible are things that were written prophetically through the Holy Spirit's anointing for future generations. Are things... That were going to happen, and so and the Lord wants to do that for us too. Look, He may tell you, and I'm just going to do this here. He may tell you, the Lord may tell you, uh, go to Kroger's and buy some paper towel. Go to Kroger's and get some chicken because chicken's going to be scarce. Uh, you know, the Lord can tell you stuff like that. Do you know that? The Lord, he can. You just got to believe he can. He can do it. Because he's God. He knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the middle and he he knows the future. He can tell you if there's going to be a shortage. He can tell you what to do. Uh, You need to just believe him. He can say, go get some extra meat, you know, put it in your refrigerator. He can do it. He can do anything. Anything because he is God and he's good. The question is, are you able to hear When he's speaking through his Holy Spirit, no matter what it is. That's the key, is to learn how to hear when the Spirit speaks. Okay. Uh, I believe the next one is he shows us. Yeah, he shows us things to come. Yeah, future things. He will show us if we are willing to hear from him. He will show us things to come. Things that are not yet, but things that... Are going to be in the future. Uh, a quick, a quick example is uh, when we, uh, when we lived up in Canada, um, we were ministering up there, and then uh, one day we just, uh, we were just thinking about what we wanted, you know, things and where we were, um, and the, and we, Laverna took a walk, and then on that walk, the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said, "It's time for you to return to the United States." It was like a mind boggling thing. We were like, Oh, what oh wow. Just to I mean just to pick leave everything we have, you know, and just pick up and just go back to the US? Yes. Right? And so we, we were trying to figure this thing out. And then as we, 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 we moved along, um, time went by, we, we said, All right, Lord, if you're if you're gonna do this, then these are some things that we have to will have to fall into place. And uh, I remember we, we, we said okay, Lord, then future, we're going to have to sell our home. It's not yet, but we have to sell our home, right? We're going to have to get sale for the home. And I remember we got a, we called up a realtor, and he came by, and we said, okay, we want to sell our home. He says, no, well, you can't list it for this because the the, the going price in this neighborhood is like this. And we said, no, we're going to list it for this. And then he says, well, I don't think you're going to get it. Well, praise God, in a week we got it. A week we got it. Before they could put the sign on 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 the lawn, it was gone. Uh, and then uh, and I said, okay, Lord, so we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Where are we going to live when we move back over here? And the, the Spirit of the Lord says, go to the Internet, and I'm going to show you where you're going to live. Go to the Internet, found somewhere, call them up. They said, ah, how did you know that this place was going to be vacant? It was the largest apartment in this complex up, up in, in Kennesaw. We went there. Uh, we, we, I called them. They said, uh, you can have it. Um, it's 1,500 square feet. like, wow, that's nice. But the kids, good, they had room. We got it. We were able to move back. And it's all what God does if you're able to listen to him. And his, and, and in, his timing is perfect. You have to be able to hear him. have to be able to listen. And, and you will be better off as a believer. I'm telling you, you will grow in your faith. You'll be able to encourage others too. Okay, next one. Uh, my challenge as it relates to the Holy Spirit: one, not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Bible says in Ephesians four thirty, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Oh gosh, we could preach a sermon on that, right? Seriously, because that's that's a that's not just a, uh, just that the yellow part there, but the whole verse is critical. To who we are in Christ and what, the and and where we're going, do you understand that? Because that day of redemption is when Jesus comes for us. You know, that's it, right? Uh, And 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 do not grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, what does that kind of look like? How do I grieve the Holy Spirit? The word actually means distress, heaviness. And I say, when the fruit of the Spirit are not in operation in our lives. In our Galatians 5:22, we know this fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. We know all of them. But when they're not in operation in our lives, then the Holy Spirit is grieved. Because His task is to get us to that place where all of that are true in who we are, are becoming in Christ. And if we're not becoming those things, then... He can't be happy, right? In other words, it says to us that he has emotions. It says that he represents Jesus in us. And therefore, if he is grieved, then who else is grieved? Jesus Jesus is grieved. The Father is grieved. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the Father and of the Son. So, how is it today? Are you grieving the Holy Spirit? Are you living... With these being absent from your life? Are you growing more in love? Notice the first one is love, right? Because there are all the others, they're there, but love covers everything, right? Love, joy, are you growing in all of those fruit? I would encourage you to go read it, Galatians 5, 22, and to and to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm weak in this area. This is not going well. Uh, I, am, uh, I don't have self-control. You know, um, help me with it. You know, and then to be willing to let the Lord help you with it. The Holy Spirit help you with it. So and that's a challenge that we have as believers, right? That we can come to church and I can tell generally if you are a person who loves. Or if you've got the joy of the Lord, which Nehemiah says is your strength, right? I don't know if that's true in you. But you've got to know without a shadow of a doubt that you've got the joy of the Lord. That you've got love in your heart that trans, uh, trans uh, I say, it, it, it's, it's beyond um, the love you had even when you first got saved. Because you love your brother, you love your sister, you're loving, you're loving your family uh, in a different level, right? So these are some of the things that are, are, are important to the Lord, um, that we learn how to have the fruit of the Spirit uh, At work in us. Not a good passage. You can write down the Second Peter chapter two, chapter one, from verse like from verse one through verse like fifteen. He he talks about adding to your faith. Great passage of Scripture. So make note of that, and you can go home and read that. So the Holy Spirit is at work and in us, and He is God's representative in us. He is our seal for the day of redemption. In other words. When Satan looks at you and looks at me, there's nothing he can do to us. Because that seal means God has marked me. I don't belong to Satan anymore. I am marked. And that mark says, you have been now adopted into my family. That's what God says. I snatched you, the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter uh, uh, 1, chapter 3. Uh, that God snatched us out of the kingdom of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light or the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So we don't belong to Satan. God's marked us with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, beautiful passage for you to go and read too. You'll see there that God has adopted us into His family, marked us with the seal of the Holy Spirit. So you're not an honored person no more. You don't belong to the devil. You can tell him, Satan, I don't belong to you. I belong to Christ. You see me? He has sealed me. He has marked me. I can't even go back over there. <laughs> right? Okay, next one. I'm commanded to live by the Spirit and not to gratify my sinful nature. Galatians five sixteen. That's self-explanatory, I believe. That's the call that God has on us, to live by the Spirit. Okay, in other words, if I'm living by the Spirit, my flesh will not be in control. Right? Next one, uh, I'm commanded to be filled. Again, we dealt with that earlier on, Ephesians 5:18, to be filled with the Spirit. Number five, I'm commanded not to insult the Holy Spirit by denying Jesus in how I live. Hebrews 10:29. I love that scripture. Very, very beautiful. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished? who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. My God. I gotta, I, it makes me shiver because I'm, I have to ask the Lord, Lord, am I insulting you in any way? Am I doing what's right and pleasing to you? Am I living in a way that uh, 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 is pleasing to the Holy Spirit? Or am I grieving Him? Or am I insulting Him in the way I live? The things that I, I think about, my thoughts, my mind, is it being renewed? Romans 12.2. Uh, am I being renewed in the attitudes of my mind? Romans 12.1. Am I presenting my body every day as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God? It is my reasonable service. God's not asking me for animal sacrifices anymore, but He's just asking me to present myself every day because He knows I have challenges in this world that is unredemptive. Right, he knows there are challenges to my salvation, and he wants me to live holy and godly and to live by not insulting the Holy Spirit. Because he gave him to me as a seal and as my comforter, as my counselor, as his truth in me, the one who undergirds me, the one who is all around me, the one who is over me. My God, he is. The paracleth he is Christ in me the hope of glory and in you but you've got to confess that it's a confession you kind to of, just like when you confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you were saved you need to confess that you that Christ is in you and he is the hope of glory in you and that you are not the same person your destination is no longer the grave hallelujah your destination is eternity in the presence of God in the glory of Jesus. Come on now. Oh, church. Listen, all right, I better move on. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now, he is the spirit of truth. Um, John 16 1, John 4 6. He is the spirit of truth. I'm encouraged, I'm encouraged also to be certain, number seven, uh, or to make sure that he's living in me. Romans 8 11. That he's living in me. I mean, uh, uh, okay, we can go on. Number eight is also very good, that we need to keep step with the Spirit. So in other words, if the Holy Spirit is in me, I need to make sure that I'm in tandem. I'm marking time with Him. I'm not going before Him. I'm not lagging behind Him. If He says do, I do. If He says cross the street, I cross the street. If He says don't drive on I-20 today, take back roads, I take back roads. I'm, I'm learning. I'm keeping in step with Him. If he says, uh, uh, to, you need to go and bless that brother, I go and bless that brother. If he says, you need to go and bless that sister, I go bless that sister. You know what I'm saying? You're keeping in step, in timing with him. Your, your life is in timing. It's not out of step. Keep in step uh, with the Spirit. Walk with him in a relational way. When you do so, your life would be, become more uh, valuable to Christ, as a matter of fact. Don't you want your life to have value-addedness to it in Christ? We, you know, that's, that's an awesome thing. Praise God. Um, all right. Uh, Time is running. Um, keep in step. Is there anything else? <laughs> ah, okay. Conclusion. Imagine that. We got there. <laughs> Praise God. All right. So, so let me do it this way. I want to I do it so that, uh, yeah. So the Holy Spirit is the mighty power of God. We know that. Right? That is the truth. We know that from, uh, Jesus says that he's the spirit of power, right? Acts 1.8. We know that. And he's a mighty power of God living and working in and through me. If you want to write that down. In and through me. And here's the other thing. He enables me to be the light of Christ. So we want to be a testimony. We want to witness. We want to talk about Jesus. But the first thing that the Lord Jesus wants of us. Is so people can see that he lives in us. Even before words. You know, that's the beauty because his glory is in us, right? That's That's what's shining out, right? Uh, Through us. Uh, And to be a testimony. Now we speak. Jesus said to the disciples in John 15, uh, 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 at the end, he says, uh, the the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he's going to tell the world about me. But you also must tell them because you've been with me. So we also must tell them because we have been with Jesus. You see what I'm saying? That's our testimony. That's what we testify of his goodness and his grace. Tell somebody tomorrow, God's been good to me. You know, he loves you. He he loved me and and he changed my life. He can do the same for you. All right. All right. Okay. And then uh, next one. And the final line, oh, wow. And so we say, okay, so let me read it again. The Holy Spirit is the mighty power of God living and working in and through me. He enables me to be the light of Christ, shining in the darkness of this world, and to be a testimony of what God can do with anyone who's willing to surrender or to yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. What God has done for me, He can do for you. He can do for any person if we are just willing to let Him be God and to just allow Him and and also to uh, how do we move from this point? This is okay for you to hear me saying all of this but it matters not if you leave here the way you came in unchanged with no desire for the light of Christ to be in you for the Holy Spirit to be at work in you to be able to hear His voice to be able to believe him when he speaks God's truth. Reminds you of God's word. When he brings a song back to your remembrance. Sing it. Uh, when he, sing, he brings a song. He said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Sing the song. Or repeat the scripture. Whatever he gives to you. Psalm 119, I believe verse, verse 9. How shall a young man keep his way pure, but by, keeping, but by taking heed to the word of God? Obey it. Say, Lord, I want to I I keep my way pure before you. That I might please you. So, I am going to be obedient to your word. Right? So, that's how we need to live. Right? Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, the Apostle Paul, um, uh, this, is, this is mind-boggling. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness. worldly pleasures while we wait for the blessed hope the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ I mean think about that learning how to say a simple no just like what we tell our two-year-olds right no you're not getting that candy Well, what about us learning to tell the devil no tell your flesh no I'm not doing it because it displeases God and I am not the same person who you used to control you don't control me no more. Yeah. I'm controlled by the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to obey the Lord. And it is no. I'm not going there, not doing that. That thought that you're putting, trying to put in my head, no. That thought, no, I've got a clean mind, a renewed mind, Romans 12 too. I'm a new person. So that's the things that we have to leave here with. A desire to please Christ by obeying the Holy Spirit. By listening, learning how to cultivate... A ear that listens. And finally, I just want to say this quickly. Samuel, when he was a kid, right? Prophet Eli, his mom, Hannah, took him to Eli, right? She, As the Bible says, she loaned him to God, right? She gave him back to God because God had blessed her. She was childless. After she did that, God blessed her with many other children, right? But they day came when the Lord spoke to Samuel, and he thought it was Eli. So he ran in and said, Father Eli, well, what are you saying to me? You called me? And Eli, three times Eli said, no, I didn't call you. But the next time you hear the voice, say, speak, Lord. Your servant hears. Amen. That's how we need to live. We need to live here with that desire. Lord, I want to hear you. I want to be changed into the glory of Jesus. And I know the only way that's going to happen is when I learn to listen to you, to hear you, and to obey to live in obedience to your word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I, I, let me just say this. If you're here tonight and you feel like you, you, you're saying, oh, I don't, I don't feel the Holy Spirit like how you feel him. I don't have these things, these thoughts in my mind about, you know, uh, about becoming more like Christ and, 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 and being changed and all of that. I don't even have, feel like I have a desire for that. Look, you're saved, right? He's in you. His voice might be quiet just because you haven't cultivated an ear to hear him. But he, he might be shouting. He wants, to, he wants to shout so that you can hear him. But you have to be willing to give up certain things, right? Give up certain things and let him. But he's willing. He's willing if, and he's able if you are willing. So the question is, are you willing? If you are, just say tonight, Lord, I want to hear you. I want your Holy Spirit to, be, to have autonomy in my life, to have full control, so I yield to you now. I give up all who I am, everything I am to you. Move me from the place of just salvation that I might become a strong believer, mature in the things of God, able to hear and to process when your Holy Spirit speaks to me and to obey and to help my family, help my brothers and sisters in Christ, to also do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all you have to pray.